Hey, church, let's pray together today. Jesus could see that they wanted to ask him about these things. So he said to them, are you asking each other about this that I said in a little while you will not see me again after a little while you will see me? (laughs) I tell you the solemn truth. You will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You will be sad, but your sadness will turn into joy. When a woman gives birth, she has distress because her time has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the suffering because of her joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy from you. At that time, you will ask me nothing. I tell you the solemn truth. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive it so that your joy may be complete. I have told you these things in obscure figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in obscure figures, but will tell you plainly about the Father. At that time, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered into the world, but in turn, I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. John 16, 19 through 28. Last summer, our family went hiking with some friends and we got pretty hopelessly lost in the woods down in Shawnee National Forest. Hiking trails are strange things. They look very simple on a map. And they even mark trees along the trail with a symbol or a blaze of color to help you make sure that you stay on the trail. But the thing they never show on the map is how many other trails there are. What looks like a straightforward path winds up having 17 intersections. None of the intersections has a symbol or color posted right at the intersection to try to help you. Maybe it did in the past, but the tree with the symbol fell over 12 years ago. Shawnee National Forest is especially bad because there are so many horse trails. The whole thing is a labyrinth. It's beautiful and the rocks are great, but it's very simple to wind up on the wrong path. And that's exactly what happened to us. It was supposed to be a 45-minute hike. It became four hours. It was over 100 degrees. Nate fell asleep on my shoulders and started drooling in my ear. The kids drained their water bottles around hour number two. We missed lunch it wasn't a good situation. We tried navigating with our phones, but the cell service was spotty and the trail maps weren't really any help. I've since found out about all trails. That is a fantastic app. So we just kept walking and walking and walking. Finally, we decided we must have gone too far. So we turned around and began going backward. After retracing our steps for half an hour, it happened. We saw it. It was a sign, a simple little sign pointing the way out of the ravine and back to our original trail. I wish I could describe the feeling that little sign brought to us. It wasn't like we were on death's door, but we were pretty desperate. We were pretty nervous about how to get out of the woods, and our kids probably thought they were dying. The little sign pointing the way out gave us hope. It showed us that we weren't going to die. It told us we're going to make it. The last 45 minutes of our hike wasn't nearly as bad since we knew we were going the right way. In John 16, Jesus says a lot of words to his disciples that are frankly confusing. I've read them several times and I'm still not entirely sure that I fully understand it, but I do notice several key themes. Number one, the world is going to be painful and full of trouble. 
Number two, Jesus is sending us a helper known as the Holy Spirit. Number three, Jesus will come back and then we will forget all the pain and be full of joy. And number four, we need to be asking for things and he will give them to us. The first three points are pretty simple to understand. This is the stuff I've been taught all through my church experience. The last one is the one that boggles me. Why did Jesus toss that teaching about prayer and answered prayer into all the stuff about persecution and the Holy Spirit and his return? He promises that while we have troubles now, when we see him again, we will be full of joy. But he also says that answered prayer is going to make our joy complete. I think he's purposefully linking these two concepts together. These two concepts of trouble, but also answered prayer, and they're linked with the link of joy. He makes these promises on the heels of a discussion about how the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I think the concept might be something along these lines. We are in the middle of a tough time. The world is broken. It's full of sin. We have trails, like in the woods, of sorrow and pain. It's like we're lost, and it's pretty uncomfortable. We know the end of the hike is coming sometime. We know that Jesus is going to return with his kingdom and in his power. We know that he's going to correct it all. We just don't know when. But we have a helper, the Holy Spirit, that is walking with us. He's guiding us. He's teaching us the path. And along the way, we need to be praying. We need to be praying prayers like Jesus prayed. We need to be praying for the coming of God's kingdom. We need to be praying that people would realize their sin and repent. We need to be praying for people to choose Jesus. And as we do, we will see those prayers answered. And when we see answered prayer, it's like a sign pointing to the end of the hike. It makes our joy complete. We can know that this current situation won't last forever. Those are the prayers I want to pray today. To pray in Jesus' name means to pray according to his agenda, and his agenda is to save souls, to bring healing to humans, and to give life to people. I'd encourage you today, pray passionately and boldly. Don't pray about yourself today. Don't pray about your own suffering. Jesus promised you'd have suffering, so why are we shocked? Instead, pray for your unsaved neighbor. Pray for the town you live in. Pray for your church that it would boldly live out God's words. Pray that Jesus would convict the people on your street of their sin. Pray that they would understand the judgment that he's bringing. Pray that they would understand the love and forgiveness that's available. Those are the prayers God wants to answer. In fact, as we close today, I have no prayer that I'm going to pray on this podcast. I have no response questions. Instead, your homework is to go make a list of people and beg God on their behalf. Pray that he would send his Holy Spirit into their lives. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time as we pray together. 